All righty. Oh, man. Yeah, pressure. Yeah, but it is, it is such an awesome privilege to be up here and, and for John to actually trust me with the space. Uh, I've had, like, every second person has just been telling me, oh, man, we're so pumped, we're so excited here. Yeah, I'm like, no, stop it, because it really just does increase that pressure, you know. But uh, I even had some very dear friends of mine dress me this morning with my new shirt, you know. So everyone's rooting for me, and, and I, re I really do appreciate that. But, you know, I remember when John first mentioned this, and, and he was so stoked about this. He's like, it's such a fun series. It's so great. We're going to be talking about heroes and villains. Uh, and then it finally got to the point where he was like, you should say something too, you know? And I was like, ooh, like in that moment, you know, like, it's not John, it's totally me. I mean, John's always just so gracious in everything he says and does, but I was like, oh, this is a, this is a test, you know? Like, Chris, do you read your Bible? You know, <laughs> do you know the characters of your Bible? Do you know the right answer? You know, I was, like, I was like, oh, yes, I do, I do. I know this one, I know this one. It's Jesus, <laughs> right? Because... It always is, Jesus, especially when you're talking to your pastor, right? <laughs> but, you know, that would be a pretty quick and easy sermon. I'd love to do that. But we also know that all you need is Jesus can sometimes be a bit of a cliche. And, and maybe you shouldn't say that in church, but it can. I've, I've seen that in my life. I mean, my mom was great like that. Um, I mean, I remember sometimes going to my mom and unpacking on her with whatever struggle I was going. And I'm talking like big stuff, you know? Going to my mom and just unpacking. I'm like, I'm battling with this, and I'm battling, you know, eh, mom, and she'd kind of look at me and say, just put it in God's hands, you know, which, which is true, right, but it's just not always what you want to hear when life gets real and life gets tough, but that's what I love so much about the series, right, because we're looking at heroes and villains, we're looking at imperfect people living imperfect lives in relationship to a perfect God, and how sometimes those imperfect circumstances, not sometimes, at least when you're with God, get turned around for good. I mean, Claude's just said that promise. I love that scripture, Romans 8, 28. All things. I mean, aren't you happy if, if you believe that promise and you take that promise on? Aren't you happy for that little word, all? It doesn't say some things or those things or these things. It's all things work for good for those who love the Lord. Uh, and so after a little bit of thought, I thought I'd really like to speak about Joseph. Because um, he's a... He's a hero. I mean, we could think of him as a villain, I think, for one main reason. You can probably relate to me, some of you. I've, he's probably a villain for the single reason that he created taxes. I mean, I'm not, I'm not a historian, but I think it's actually historically correct. He's the guy who implemented taxes. But for the sake of today, we're definitely going to look at him as a hero. Uh, he is an awesome character. And the main reason I look at him as a hero is because he had a superpower, and I thought that was so fitting for the, the series that we're in. Uh, that superpower summed up real nicely in the story of Joseph in Genesis 39, verses 2 to 5. And it says, The Lord was with Joseph, so that he prospered, and he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. When his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord gave him success in everything he did, Joseph found favor in his eyes and became his attendant. Potiphar put him in charge of his household, and he entrusted to his care everything he owned. From the time he put him in charge of his household and of all that he owned, the Lord blessed the household of the Egyptian because of Joseph. The blessing of the Lord was on everything Potiphar had, both in the house and in the field. That sounds pretty cool. Every time I used to read the story of Joseph, I'd read that passage and think like, ooh, I want that. You know, I want that super. Now, Joseph was a incre pretty incredible man, and he was given giftings. If you know the story of Joseph, and if you don't, I encourage you to go read it today. But uh, 
Joseph was given a gifting, and one of those giftings was that he was able to interpret dreams. And it was that gifting that ultimately led him into the destiny that God had designed for him. But even beyond that, when we read this passage, we see they had a couple of other powers. Um, I don't know if you picked up on what his superpower was, though. You know, was it the fact that he was given favor? Was it the fact that everything his hand touched succeeded? I mean, this all sounds pretty good. Was it the fact that just people around him would be blessed just from being in his proximity? You know, I mean, those are cool powers. I mean, I want those powers in my life. But it's not his superpower. Did you guys pick up on his superpower? I'm going to read the passage again, and I'll stop when I get to it, right? The Lord was with Joseph. <laughs> all right? That, all those powers, all that, that favor, the success, everything that he had was contingent on that one thing, that the Lord was with him. So I have a question for you guys today. If, if you think that some of those powers were cool, if there's something that you feel like you could do with a little bit more of in your life, then I have a question for you today. Is the Lord with you? Okay. Now, we're in church, so I guess most of you know what that answer should be, okay? And I guess I hope so. And if you don't, then come chat to me afterwards and, and let's talk about it. But is it a head knowledge thing or is it a truth that you hold dear inside your heart? Is it something that's real to you? So as we look at the story of Joseph, I want you to think about this question. Now, I've got three points that I want to bring up that I'm trying to coach you or guide you into how you should actually answer this question, all right? The first point I want to talk about is circumstance. God being with you doesn't always look or feel like you think it should. All right, so if we're going to talk about Joseph, we, I think we all know the story, but let's kind of recap just a little bit. Uh, Joseph is one of 12. Thank you. You could tell that, right? I mean, So he's one of 12, um, and he is the favorite son of Jacob, okay? Jacob, son of Isaac, son of Abraham. So these are like children of promise, right? And Jacob's a really cool dad because he's, he's not like us. You know, like my kids have asked me from time to time, or asked my, my beautiful wife over there, do you have a favorite? You know, they've accused of having a favorite, but we would generally answer like, no, no, no. We love all our children equally, you know? We maybe just love them in different ways, you know? <laughs> You know, but, but we, we keep it pretty even. Not Jacob. He's like, if you ask Jacob, do you have a favorite son? He's like, yes, Joseph, over there. In fact, he's so much my favorite son, I'm going to give him this really special robe that none of you get. It's a robe of beautiful colors that makes him stand out so that you'll be reminded day in and day out that he's my favorite. All right? And when you read the scripture and you, and you look at the, at the, at the story of Joseph, it, it sounds like he had a really good relationship with his dad as well. Because there's a small line in there which, which kind of highlights something for me. And it says that Joseph would very often bring a bad report about his brothers. So they were tight. You know, he would come like, Dad, you know. I mean, I get annoyed when my kids come to me and say like, oh, you know, Dad, this one did that and this one did that. You know, it's like, oh, stop. Stop telling on your siblings. You know, just like, go be friendly. And, uh, but anyway, so, so they had this amazing relationship. And uh, at the age of about 17, this gifting that, that God has blessed Joseph with of dreams and interpreting dreams um, happens. And he has these two dreams. Uh, you know the dreams. The first one is he's out there with his brothers. They're all working together. They're gathering wheat, putting them into sheaves. And in his dream, his sheaf stands up and all the others bow down to it. All right? Second dream goes even beyond that. He's now the center of the universe pretty much. And the stars and the moon are bowing down to Joseph. Now, Joseph knows his brothers don't like him. I mean, you know, 
It's in, his, in their faces the whole time. So he thinks, this is a great story to share with my brothers. <laughs> okay? Doesn't earn him points, all right? So, so that's, that's Joseph. That gives us a little bit of insight into his character and, uh, and how Joseph was. But I think if you were to ask Joseph at this point in his, in his life, you know, favorite son, special coat, dreams about being the ruler of the universe, hey, Joseph, is God with you? Do you think God's with you? Yeah. <laughs> He is with me, okay? But circumstances change quite quickly for Joseph one day because one day his dad says, hey, Joseph, because, you know, they were tight. They were hanging out. The brothers were out in the field working. But I think, like us, Joseph, Jacob was like, get out of the house. He said, enough screen time. Go outside. So he tells Joseph, he says, go check on your brothers, okay? They're out grazing the sheep. Please go check on your brothers. See how they're doing. And I think important notes here is in obedience, Joseph gets up and he does what his father asks. So he's doing the right thing here, all right? And he goes off, and, and I think you guys know, uh, he's got this bright coat of many colors, so his brothers see him from a distance. They're like, that's Joseph. <laughs> and uh, while he's still coming to them, they plot to kill him. Um, thankfully for Reuben, that, that never transpires, but what they do do is when he gets there, they rip him off of the special coat. They take his identity away. They throw him into a pit, and later they sell him to be a slave. So from being... Top of the hill, king dog, everything is going right for me. He's now naked, alone, chained in a pit on the way to Egypt uh, to be sold as a slave. Circumstances really changed. I've got to wonder what was going through his head when he was sitting on that camel wagon or whatever it was, what he thought. Do you think he was feeling, wow, God's with me, <laughs> you know? And yet, hindsight being 20 vision, we get to see the story and we know that in fact he was because... The very next verse, after it says that he was sold as a slave into Egypt, is the opening scripture that I opened up with about how God was with him and how he prospered in the house of Potiphar. And um, I love the story of Potiphar's house with Joseph, because that's where we, you know, we get to see these superpowers of him. But um, what's so great about it as well is it's not just that Joseph's benefiting from God being with him, but it's such a powerful thing in his life that other people can see it on him, you know? Potiphar is so impressed, and he recognizes, he says he can see that the Lord is with Joseph. So being a wise man, Potiphar says, Joseph, come here, buddy, I want some of that, all right? I'm gonna put you in charge of everything. I want you to run everything. He, he probably taught him, he probably guided him a little bit, taught him delegation, and over the years, he was elevated to number two, okay? There was no one greater in the house of Potiphar Besides Joseph, he, he was really the number two. Potiphar's wife, not so wise. She also saw the fruit of the Lord being with Joseph. And she looked at it and said, mm, I want some of that. But she wasn't looking at the blessing of the Lord. She was looking at Joseph. She was focusing on the blessing that the Lord brought about instead of the bless all. And so she makes the mistake of throwing herself at Joseph. She she says to him one day, well, you know, she, she wants him to lie with her. She wasn't sleepy. Okay, we, we, we know what, what she was after. So she's throwing herself at Joseph, and Joseph, well, he does the right thing. I, I like this part because it shows us that Joseph's character has really started to transform over the years and how he responds to this temptation. In the first way, you know, he could have, if you think about this, just try to put it into, you know, natural terms. Everything is going right. He's a king dog. Everything's going, you know, way better than he ever could have expected. And now this woman's throwing herself at him. He could have thought, like, wow, man, 
Life's good. I got this, I got this, I got this, and now, blessings upon blessings, the Lord's given me a woman. <laughs> Woo! But no, he, he has wisdom. And he responds to her, and, and I love this response, because he says, how then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? And for me, that's profound, because in our everyday life, it's quite easy to think that, well, we're succeeding, or we're doing this. Or in his case, he could have been like, Potiphar's been so good to me. I mean, Potiphar took me as a slave boy, and he's elevated me, and he's given me responsibility, and he's given me so much. How could I sin against Potiphar, my good man? You know? But no, he recognizes that every good thing comes from the Lord, and, and that's how he responds. Fortunately, it doesn't deter her. She carries on. And that brings me to the second point, where I just see such deep, strong character in Joseph. Um, he knows that he's just a man. He knows that he has weaknesses. And in the light of that temptation, he could have said, I know that it would be sinning against God for me to do this thing. But it's kind of nice, you know? She's complimenting me. She tells me I look good. She makes me feel good. She's stroking my ego. Like, I can tap dance around this, and I just won't cross that line because, like, I know what's right and wrong. But it's not what he does. Again, there's wisdom here. He turns and runs, okay? And that wasn't weakness on his part. That was strength. That was wisdom. That was the evidence of God working in Joseph's life and, and giving him that wisdom. Um, so he did the right thing, just like when he obeyed his father to go and look out, to, to, well, go check on his brothers. He does the right thing. But again, the right thing changes his circumstances. And he gets thrown into prison because she accuses him of rape, and, and then off he goes. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him steadfast love and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison put Joseph in charge of all the prisoners who were in the prison. Whatever was done there, he was the one who did it. The keeper of the prison paid no attention to anything that was in Joseph's charge because the Lord was with him. And whatever he did, the Lord made it succeed. I love that, man. Isn't that awesome? And isn't it funny that the Holy Spirit chooses the worst seasons of Joseph's life? You know, first he's thrown into pit, stripped of his robe, slave, then he's thrown into prison to highlight the fact that the Lord was with him. That's when the Holy Spirit puts into Scripture for us. And I just love it. It's, it's such an awesome, awesome truth. Which brings me to point number two. All right, so when answering the question, is the Lord with you? We're not really looking at circumstance because that doesn't seem to be a good indicator. The second point I want to bring up is truth. Because, as Claude said, I love that she opened with us, if God is with you, all things work for good. Now, this is a truth, it's an all-encompassing truth that trumps circumstance. Doesn't matter what you're going through, this truth will prevail. Um, and, but, it's, like I said, it's a truth that we need to cherish. It's like a seed, we've got to put it down in our hearts, and we've got to water it. We've got to feed it. We've got to meditate upon it. We've got to allow it to grow in our lives so that it can start producing fruit in our lives. Unless it's real to you and you believe it with all your heart, then it's just a verse in the Bible. So, you know, when we look at the lives of Joseph, um, talking about circumstance and this truth, I don't say that God necessarily orchestrated the pit or the slave or the chains or the you know, prison, all of that, but he certainly did use it for good. See, if Joseph wasn't thrown in a pit and slaughtered as a slave, he would never have ended up in Potiphar's house. If he was never in Potiphar's house, he never would have been thrown to prison because of Potiphar's wife. 
If he had never been thrown in prison, he would never have had the opportunity to then use the gifting God gave him of interpreting dreams to be able to interpret the dreams of Potiphar's uh, cupbearer and baker. And if he had never done that, his gifting would never have allowed him to stand before a king and basically bring him into his full destiny that God had planned for him from, what was it, 13 years before? No, he had his dream, 13 years before. And so God used every circumstance for his good. When I was younger, I used to read the story of Joseph. I've always loved it because of, as I said, the powers and, and everything that came upon Joseph's life. But I always saw it as three seasons. Joseph was 17 years old, and he got given a promise. And then 13 years later, that promise came to be. And the time in between for me was very much this, just like a desert place, a place of waiting, where it just time had to pass before the promise finally came. You know, like God just took some time. But I think sometimes we can all feel like that. When, when we've been given a promise or a vision or, or something that we think we should, we should be doing something for the Lord or we should be at this place in our life, and we're not there yet, and we're just in the season of waiting. And, and really it's not, because when we look at Joseph's life, that season of waiting was a season of growth. It was a season of developing fruit. It was a season of increasing in wisdom. Um, and, uh, you know, I just love that about God, how he will use everything to make you more like Jesus to make you more to the person that he wants you to be. Um, it, I, haven't, I won't read it to you, I haven't written it down, but that's like the scripture from Jeremiah, Jeremiah 17. And uh, you know, when we can live in that space where we are trusting God with that truth, that all things work together for good, uh, it's like a tree planted by waters. You know that scripture from Jeremiah, if you trust in man, you're like a tree planted desert or you're gonna wither and die. But if you're trusting God and his processes, not on circumstance, you're like a tree planted by waters, and you will have leaves all the time, and you'll bear fruit in its season. Um, I really love that. And, that. and that brings me to the third point. Now, the third point in answering the question is maybe more of a barometer, because we have head knowledge and we have truth, you know? So is the Lord with you? Yes, yes, yes. If it's a truth to you that is really planted inside of you, there is a barometer, and that is fruit. Because if the Lord is with you, he is blessing you right now, and it will bear fruit in your lives. Um, so that third point being fruit. I think um, when we realize that, and we realize that that is truth, and we start living in a way that God is with us, that naturally transpires into fruits in our lives. It allows us to, to have big dreams. It allows us to have confidence to walk forward in those dreams, even when we think we don't know what we're doing. It's like, but I don't know what I'm doing, but, but God's walking with me. And, you know, you've heard the analogy, God, God can't steer a ship that's not moving, okay? And I think so often, just getting moving is about knowing, but God's in control, so I'm going to keep moving forward. Um, you know, when the, the realization of Joseph's dreams came to pass, when he was now number two in Egypt, second in charge next to Potiphar, and he had now fulfilled this vision that God had given him 13 years over, it was not the final destination at all. In fact, it was just the beginning. It was after he was appointed to that position that he got to be the person that was a savior. He was a savior to the Egyptians. Without Joseph's plan, the Egyptians would have starved. He was a savior to the Israelites. So he really became a type of savior because he reached his potential in what God put him. Not only that, but he was, he was able to demonstrate some really awesome things like forgiveness to his brothers 
you know, his brothers came apart, and, and he had to forgive them. And he demonstrated God's love and forgiveness in that. And in doing so, was able to unify his family again uh, as the Israelites. You know, it was, uh, the, the nation was born through Abraham, but it was really at this point in time, I think, when they really came together and began to grow into a nation. So asking the question again, is the Lord with you? Don't answer that based on head knowledge. Don't answer that based on circumstances. But answer that based on truth. Answer that based on, on fruit. And, um, you know, if there isn't fruit, then like I say, maybe it's because it's not a truth for you yet. Maybe it's because you're not walking in the truth of those promises. But I think there's one thing that we really need to, to, to remember when we, we talk about God being with us. As Christians, there is only one reason why we can say that he is. And I think, you know, just like Joseph's brothers, let's say, they were able to come years later because of their brother, and they were able to come to Egypt and get food, get provision, get lands, get the best of what Egypt had to offer. Not because they had earned it, not because they deserved it, but purely because of all the work that Joseph had done all those years before. Joseph had found favor with Potiphar, and that naturally flowed into his family. And in the same way, we get to experience those superpowers, we get to experience those blessings, uh, that, 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 that promise because of one man, and that is Jesus. And that is what it is all built on. And, and so my answer of like, I know the answer, it's Jesus, was right, okay? It is all about Jesus. Now, you know, it's, it's in Jesus' name, Emmanuel, his other name, God with us. So I think, you know, for me, when, when I went over this with, with John a little bit ago, I don't know how many pages that was, John, but I kind of, I was saying it earlier to Duff, I kind of did this brain dump on the Sermon of Joseph, and like, John was like, Chris, <laughs> you know, you've like, you've got like a three-week series over here. You, know, you, need, you, need to, you need to like narrow it down. What, what is your point? What are you trying to get across? And it's that. It's that we need Jesus. And with Jesus in our lives, all those superpowers, our destiny, everything that God's got planned for us is wrapped up in that. And, uh, and yeah, that's my heart. It always has been, you know. Um, and so if that's the one point you can go home with today, then take that home. Uh, but know that if Jesus is with you, that all those superpowers are available to you, and it'll change the way you see life. It'll change the way you see the pandemic. It'll change the way you look at sickness and disease. It'll change the way you look at lack when you know that actually we have a Father in heaven that we are like this with. Thank you so much for joining us. You might be asking yourself the question, how can I take this further? Firstly, you can send us your contact details to cindy at centerchurch.co.za where we can include you in our online connect groups and you can receive our daily devotional. Secondly, you can hop on our website where you can access previous sermons and find out more about who we are at Centre Church. Thirdly, if you consider yourself as part of Centre Church, we want to thank you so much for your ongoing financial partnership. The banking details are on the website. Thank you so much for joining us and hope you have an amazing Sunday.